Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 619. Looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Let's read our passage. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. He's sending this letter with Tychicus, who's on his way to Colossae. Paul is imprisoned in Rome for two years. We see this in the end of the book of Acts. And his desire is to lift up the church at Ephesus. He has a history with them. He was there for three years on his third missionary journey. But he has been there four or five years. And so he's touching base with them, trying to help them understand just the amazing spiritual riches that are available to them. He begins in verse 14, for this reason. Now, that's the same thing he said in chapter 3, verse 1. He said, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. And it was almost like when he said Gentiles, he had to say, let me say something about Gentiles now. I have been appointed by Christ to be the apostle to the Gentiles, to bring the message to the Gentiles. And what an incredible thing happened with this mystery of God that has been revealed now that Gentiles can know Christ. Now he's back to repeating what he said in verse 1, for this reason. So I think it's really referring back to chapter 2. He's repeating what he said in verse 1. So it's like, okay, I said that about Gentiles. Now let's get back to my prayer. It could be referring to everything he said since, since verse 1, when he said for this reason. But they're so closely related, it doesn't really change anything. So what did he say back in chapter 2? Christ makes us spiritually alive at him. We are his workmanship. We're no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints. We are of God's household, which is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. That's a quick synopsis of what he said in chapter 2. That's for this reason I kneel before the Father. All those things he talked about, what an incredible thing has happened for the Gentiles because of what Christ has done. So I'm praying to the Father. Verse 15 uh, gives some confusion. He says, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. There's a lot of debate on what exactly he means here. What's he mean every family is named? And particularly every family in heaven and on earth. Some say if you combine that with what Jesus said in John chapter 8, where Jesus said, I'm speaking of my father, your father is the devil. He's speaking of this idea there's two different spiritual fathers. One is God, the other is Satan. And depending on who you follow, that's your spiritual father. If you go that route, then he's basically saying that God is the father of all those who are spiritually tied to him whether they're in heaven, that is, having lived before and died, 
or whether they're on Earth. That's a reasonable understanding. Others say that, according to the rabbis, the angels were known as the family above, the people on Earth known as the family below. And so what he's making the point here is that whether you're talking about angels, whether you're talking about people, God is the creator of all. And he's poking back against in the Gnostic thinking that there's a lesser God who is the actual creator. Regardless, he's just amplifying who God is. It says in verse 16, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. He's just praying for spiritual strengthening. This matches most of his prayers that he records in his letters. He's always praying for the spiritual well-being of people, whether it's people he knows directly or people he doesn't know that well. But fellow Christians, he's always praying for their spiritual well-being. And that's what he's praying about here, is for the Holy Spirit to strengthen them. Verse 17, And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now notice, 14 and 15, he's talking about the Father. 16, he's praying about the Holy Spirit. 17, he's praying about Christ the Son. So you see Father, Son, Holy Spirit right here together. And it continues in verse 17. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love. Then he continues 19, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's a lot going on here. He begins with his prayer that they would be rooted and firmly established in love. That's the beginning here. And, and everything builds on that. If you're not firmly rooted and established in love, then the rest of this can't take place. And if you're rooted, firmly established in love, then you might be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, width, height, and depth. Now, some translations add of God's love here. That's not in the Greek, but it kind of links back to what he said in verse 17, being established in love, and that you'd be able to comprehend the saints' length, width, height, and depth of what? Well, it makes sense to say uh, of love. Well, what love? Of God's love. And so if you just leave it with God's love, then you look at 18 and 19, you say, what's the difference between God's love and Christ's love? Because if you're able to comprehend this length, width, height, and depth, and to know Christ's love, well, first, just tack on the rest of those words there, that surpasses knowledge. So be careful about trying to analyze it too much. Because Christ's love surpasses knowledge. So it's not like you can be able to draw a diagram of it and do a, an in-depth analysis of it. It surpasses knowledge. But still, we want to understand as much as we can. Because part of this is this, verse 18, he says, be able to comprehend. Well, comprehend is more than just have knowledge of facts. It's, you know, come to an understanding, come to an encounter with. And so a lot of this it isn't going to happen unless you actually do it. You can't explain it. So when asked a famous jazz musician once to explain jazz, and his reply was, if you have to ask, then it can't be explained. And it's that way here. You can't analyze this with facts. You have to experience it. 
and we are unable to experience God's love until the Holy Spirit enables us to experience God's love. And only when we experience God's love are we able to really love God. We love God because he loved us. So when he talks about the length and width, height and depth, he's just using words there to describe bigness. Just get a glimpse of how big God's love is. And to know Christ's love. Well, some say, well, God's love is God's love for us. Christ's love is the love of Christ. That is, that love which is given to us in order to love God and love one another. That we're capable of love, of true love, of loving God and loving one another, apart from God's love for us, which the Holy Spirit then gives us that ability to love. But a lot, a lot going on there, and best just step back and say, okay, what's he talking about here? He wants us to be rooted and established in love. Yes, because if that's not the case, none of this is going to happen. You can't comprehend God's love without being firmly rooted and established in love. And you're not able to love God and love one another without being established and rooted in love. And that all comes about through the Holy Spirit because of God's love for us. And so he wraps up there in verse 19, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It all wrapped up in the love of God, the love that God had for us, and that it all depends on the love of God, that God's love for us that caused him to draw us to himself and reveal himself to us, that then enables us to love him back. And the more we experience that, the more we are able to love. It's not that God loves us anymore through all this. It's that we're able to comprehend his love more and more. So like I said, it's, it's a little silly for us to try and analyze it too much because as he said, Christ's love surpasses knowledge. But the good news is God does love us and does reveal himself to us. And because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can love him more. He won't love us anymore. He already loves us an infinite amount. But we are able to love him more and more as we encounter him, as we open ourselves up to him more and more. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians 